Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the ICS Bulls podcast, special edition. Why is it special? It's not just because we're speaking to an aspiring congressperson today, a little bit more on that later. It's because it is October, and October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Actually, I'm going to level with you. It's November. We had a lot of podcasts we recorded. This one's going to spill into November, but we're still celebrating Cybersecurity Awareness Month. All month long, we've been doing this special series of podcasts to celebrate the season. Uh, this is going to include five quick questions on cybersecurity to each guest. They all get the same questions. This, sadly, at least for Tyler and I, is the final episode in our series. If you haven't done so already, please go back. Listen to them all. It's good content. We talk to interesting people. You'll thank me later. So uh, let's go ahead and dive right into this thing. I I've been talking forever. I haven't introduced myself. I'm Gary Cohen. I'm Tyler Wall. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. We have somebody special. We've never talked to this person before. A lot of the people we talked to on this series we're bringing back. This is a new one for us, but uh, she has a long history in the cybersecurity field, Madison Horn. With a dynamic career spanning startups and global giants, Madison has been a steady leader in the realms of technology and innovation. As the guiding force behind Critical Fault, she championed cybersecurity preparedness for the evolving digital age. Her early strides were marked at Fusion X and further amplified at Accenture's global cyber defense practices, PricewaterhouseCoopers cloud security practice, and Siemens Energy Global Security. With a nomination for the U.S. Senate under her belt, and most recently her candidacy for the congressional seat of Oklahoma's 5th District, Madison is dedicated to cybersecurity, policy, and societal betterment. Honestly, I got to tell you, Ty, I think we're punching a little above our weight here on the podcast today, but we'll see if we can hang. <laughs> Madison, thanks so much for joining us for the first time. I have no idea what the markers are, if we can hang. So like, I don't know, let's just create some tallies here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thanks I think for we'll having find me. Out. We'll see at the it. end of this how we do. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into the questions here. So uh, October or November is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. It, it, we're always highlighting some key behaviors, multi-factor authentication, strong passwords, recognizing phishing, <clears> updating software. What do you think people should be focusing on this month? Ooh, so, you know, I've been doing talks recently and talking about how we're seeing the industry move from more proactive or excuse me, reactive security to proactive security. And so while I love the fact that, you know, you kind of listed a couple of things, whether that be phishing or multi-factor authentication, then I really think I want to, you know, kind of get folks out of the, the trees and kind of look above them and really think about areas that perhaps they're not thinking about proactive security measures, whether that be in supply chain or third-party risk management, then, you know, the industry, there was a, a while that we would walk the RSA floor or Black Hat and everything said like uh, detection and response or real-time monitoring. And, and all of those things are fantastic, right? Especially from, you know, someone who, is in the incident response space, then you know we have to have the monitoring pieces. But I think the the lack of education and the lack of the maturity in this space, when you know everyone was buying some type of EDR, then was the misconception that that is not a level of protection. And so I think that we have to continue to focus on proactive security measures. So now that we're kind of coming to the end of 2023, right, we're kind of all looking forward towards 2024 and what that uh, year is going to hold for us. What trends or developments in cybersecurity are you particularly excited for uh, heading into 2024? Sure. So I would say heading into 2024, you know, there were 
so many, uh, you know, so much chatter, no pun intended, around chat GPT and what it was going to do to the cyberspace and, you know, what it meant for AI. But, you know, I'm really curious what we're going to see within quantum computing and what does post-quantum encryption look like? You know, when I think about quantum computing, I always think about Tron. And when they're in the streets, like, and you see like the red, I'm a nerd. Yeah. Uh, the red and the blue lights in the streets, like chasing, like that's what I am picture as quantum computing. So I'm looking forward to seeing what developments come out, you know, at least in the commercialization space uh, or the commercial space. And then, you know, what new attacks we're going to see, of course, you know, obviously ransomware is becoming uh, more and more prevalent. I think, you know, this current administration has done a really great job of getting more and more engaged. I saw more folks in the three-letter agencies at DEF CON than I ever have in my life. I don't know if that's terrifying or a good thing, but I'm going to lean on the good side. And so looking to see more like how we're going to uh, move forward in the policy space and, uh, you know, within AI, are we going to talk about values? Are we going to talk about privacy? Are we going to talk about more about, um, you know, copyright infringements? Um, you know, I, th that's kind of where I'm, my, I'm curious about. It's funny, you bring up quantum computing. It's been, the, the topic has been broached a few times on the podcast and it's humble content <laughs> people. Tyler and I are like, yeah, we kind of have a sense of what that's going to be, but we need people much smarter. And the second you brought up Tron, I was like, I get it. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to like talk to people all the time about cyber and everyone's like, so you're in the military. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm five five. I don't, I don't know if there's a height requirement, but uh, I am not in the military. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, I'm, we're not asking you to name names here, although you know, if you want to, feel free. Uh, but sure. can you share a memorable experience or a case from your career that really highlighted for you the importance of cybersecurity? Sure. So you know, it was very early on in my career, and so maybe it was because I was still in ooh and awe of the cyber field, and and just. You know, it's still when we were calling it security. And I have always worked within the critical infrastructure space to some degree. And we were doing an assessment on a training center. And that's all I knew. And it was like four hours away, of course, in a rural area. And the entire drive, I'm like, okay, cool, this training center. And we, sh we get closer and I start seeing this smokestack. And I'm like, huh, that's kind of cool. And we're getting closer and it's getting bigger. And I realized that we're doing an assessment on a training center for a nuclear power facility. And I was like, okay, I've seen Chernobyl. Like, are we safe? I guess we're safe. And, you know, after we did our assessment, then we were able to do a, a small tour, of course, and, you know, not entirely through the facility, but we got close enough that you could literally, literally feel the vibration from the amount of energy that was being produced. And it was really this humbling experience of understanding the, the power and the magnitude, but it also kind of highlighted and underscored the importance of, of what we do in the critical infrastructure space and, and what we're protecting and you know the mass destruction that really could come uh, following an attack. So it, it was a moment of humility, responsibility, and like, crap, why am I so close to this damn thing? <laughs> so I guess, kind of, yeah, kind of building off of that a little bit more here. I mean, there have been plenty of cyber attacks recently, you know, uh, from attacks on critical infrastructure to mom and pop shops to uh, okay. unspoken attacks, things like that. What have we learned from these major attacks? You know, 
I think there's a number of things. I mean, I, I think that we've realized that there really is this like joint responsibility model between whether that is, you know, industry. And when I say industry, I actually mean like folks who, you know, let's just keep it in the critical infrastructure space. So, you know, let's talk about like our, our, you know, PG&Es, our Southern companies, our, our Dukes, then like they have obviously a responsibility, but so do those vendors. And then so do the three-letter agencies, nonprofits to help do information sharing between. And so I think that it's just, I'll give one example to make this a little bit more crystal clear of what I'm talking about. But, you know, recently with the cyber trust mark, coming out that's actually the requirement for vendors to ensure that, you know, not out of the box, then it's password 2023 or, you know, summer 2023, whatever the, the most generic thing that can possibly come out of the box, then it's actually something that's like enumerated, you know, not every single, uh, you know, port is, you know, communicates with everything so that we ensure that these devices can actually be managed as we're throwing, you know, hundreds of IoT devices out in the field. And so I think it's just that shared responsibility model that we all can secure our part of that entire value chain. I think that's been phenomenal. And I've appreciated the policy pushes uh, in this area. Um, you know, obviously, again, I've already said it once in the podcast and in the beginning, uh, but the fact that we have to look at our third party vendors and understand like, you know, what we are connected to, what are the downstream impacts? You know, I always talk about dark thinking and I do this with my hat, like almost as like you're putting a hat on and it's like injected into your brain. Like, okay, now I'm in this place where I'm just going to talk about the worst things that could possibly happen. Um, so just understanding what your risks are, understanding impact. Especially when you talk about, you know, that you're talking about being at a nuclear facility. We talk all the time on this about, um, you know, data security is obviously important. If a company gets, if Target gets hacked and loses a lot of credit cards, there's reputational damage. There's all kind of bad stuff that happens. The stuff that really scares me is, you know, this proliferation of IoT, more things being connected. Suddenly OT and ICS is connected. And if you're talking about the energy grid or nuclear power or, you know, the Stuxnets of the world, that's where things can get really scary. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's not many things that keep me up at night. You know, I feel like that's always the question, like, what keeps you up at night? And I'm like, nothing. I'm exhausted at the end of the day. Um, but it's like, you know, it certainly is something that we've been predicting, you know, a widespread blackout or a major attack on, you know, some type of critical infrastructure. And we we make this prediction every single year. And so in some ways, I feel like, you know, it's, I, I do not want to call anyone ignorant or, you know, not taking responsibility, but it's such a big problem. And, you know, it's, it's decades and decades of equipment that we're trying to secure that was never meant to be online. And so, you know, people, I don't necessarily under think that they understand how complex the problem is. And I, so there really needs to lot, be a lot more education around how complex this issue is. Absolutely. Uh, so what emerging technologies do you see impacting the field of cybersecurity in the near future? Sure. So, I mean, I think that's the emerging trends and things I'm excited about, right? You know, we're going to see more around AI. We're going to see more around quantum computing. And, and you know, 
there's obviously been a, because of like global polarization and this isolationism that's happening we're having a little we're unwinding that isolation a little bit right now because of the fact that we're being forced to cooperate with our allies with the conflicts within Russia and Ukraine and obviously you know power balances shifting and so i'm really curious what this is going to mean for you know isolated environments like that in in North Korea you know are we going to see the opening up of of systems between North Korea and China and Russia and you know i don't know i i'm i the reason why i can't put my thumb on it is like there's something weird happening with these three relationships and i don't know what the impact is going to be technology but because of how future thinking in some ways that they are then um i'm just curious what's going to happen so by far this last question is the most important question of your entire career um wow. yes so what is your favorite movie tv show musical play song about cybersecurity uh, wow i don't know if there's it doesn't any have songs. to be good it can be Not bad just one that was impactful. one of them yeah oh man okay so Maybe this is a cliche, but I feel like this was a movie that I had to see because, you know, all the guys that I worked with were like, you've seen War Games, right? Right? You've seen War Games? And I'm like, no. Or, yeah, I've, I've totally seen it. And so I had to go watch War Games. I did. While it's, you know, I'm not going to say it's the best movie in the world, then I definitely found it, you know, very interesting as some of the predictions and the dangers of AI and some of the nuclear arms race that was happening. And, you know, just, I think the early, you know, hacking culture. Um, it's just, I think a really interesting movie. No, it's a very good movie. I mean, you know, the, would you like to play a game? Yeah. It's a fun one. <laughs> and you get to see Ali Sheedy and Matthew Broderick when they were like 18 years old. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're like, who are these children? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Madison, thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was great meeting you all. And thank you all for joining us uh, for this month of cybersecurity awareness and on this beautiful podcast series. Please go back and listen to all of our other great episodes and check out all of our other great articles as they relate to cybersecurity. Uh, and we've got other great awareness content that'll just stay up for, throughout the rest of the year. And make sure to stay tuned for in your email to see if you subscribed, which you should always subscribe for our newsletters, if you want our cybersecurity hat. Uh, thanks for listening. Until next time, stay safe out there.